So we're continuing today in Merz Hashem in Perak Vov, in the sixth chapter of Shara Bitochen. And the Mechaber writes as follows. He says, So this Perak, this chapter actually picks up on the theme with which the Mechaber concluded in the last Perak. If you remember again, in the last Perak, the seventh distinction we made regarding a person who has Bitochen versus a person who doesn't have Bitochen, specifically when it comes to Parnasa to a livelihood, is that a person who lacks Bitochen says, I'll pay attention to my spiritual matters as soon as all of my physical needs are met. So he first feels that he needs complete security in all physical matters before being able to devote himself to spiritual ones. The Mechaber says, I'd like to address this, and I'd like to be able to So the Mechaber says, I think I need to point out in seven different ways, again, a lot of lists, Baruch Hashem, I need to point out in seven different ways the way this type of thinking is erroneous and flawed. In other words, that those who go ahead and delay their spirituality or their spiritual pursuits until they feel that they have all their financial or material security, this is a flawed approach to life. See, he says, I call these people the Kat Bale Mashkonos. I call these people the group who need security pledges. A mashkin. Mashkin is collateral. They need a mashkin. So this group, they need a mashkin. They need a collateral from Hashem to ensure that the Rebano Shalom is going to come through in his promises for Parnasa before they can go ahead and devote themselves at all to matters of spirituality. So it, it's such an interesting way to frame it, right? Because if a person says, well, I'm happy to devote myself to spirituality after my, materially, my, ter- my material needs are taken care of, Essentially, what they're demanding is collateral, a mashkin from Hashem. And he says, this is flawed in a number of ways. He says, This is almost like when a person asks for collateral from Hashem, a security. So it's like someone who sells, like a merchant who sells to a customer on credit. Now, ultimately, again, the, the, the merchant doesn't necessarily know the customer, so he's happy to sell it to him, but if he's going to extend credit, he needs some type of collateral. So again, if you think about this, in general, why do you take collateral? You take collateral because you don't fully trust the person to make good on the debt. So, of course, again, even before the Mechaber says anything, how crazy it is, therefore, to ask collateral from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Literally, again, so when a per- we don't think about it this way, but when a person says, I'll devote myself to spirituality, once my physical material needs are taken care of, they are effectively asking for collateral from Hashem, which indicates a lack of bitachon, a lack of trust. So now he begins to go into the seven ways in which asking for collateral, so to speak, from Hashem, a from Hashem is flawed. Number one, Harishon, if you ask for collateral, then ultimately, again, you are a person who doubts that HaKadosh Baruch Hu preordains and meets all of a person's needs. You don't believe in the greatness of Hashem. And just understand that your intellect and your understanding has been darkened 
ultimately, again, because of the material desires which overcome you. In other words, the need to get collateral from HaKadosh Baruch Hu ultimately highlights that a person doesn't really understand how HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world, and that the Ribbono Shal Olam truly gives every person what they need. Who do you take collateral from? You take collateral from your fellow or your friend, who has, who has no jurisdiction over you and cannot give you orders. But listen to this. Listen to this. Can you imagine? Does a worker show up? Does a worker show up and say, okay, I'll work. I have a salary. I'll work. But listen, employer, you need to give me collateral for my wages. Craziness, of course not. Such a thing doesn't happen like that. In other words, you do your job, you get paid. But the employee doesn't have the ability to ask for collateral from the employer. Same idea, an evet, a servant, goes to work for the master. Does a servant have the chutzpah to ask for collateral from the master? Of course not. All the more so, a being that has been created by something else should not have the chutzpah to ask for collateral from his creator. Therefore, it's a wonderment, it's puzzling. Not only that, but when it comes ultimately at least to spirituality, so the servant who serves the master for the sake of receiving reward is considered to be degrading. Do not be like servants who serve the master for the sake of receiving reward. Even after the fact, even after the fact, I shouldn't ask for a reward. I shouldn't ask for collateral that God is going to make good on his promises. Is this how you repay Hashem, you disgraceful, unwise people? Very strong wording. So the first issue that the Mechaber brings up, and this is really incredible, that when a person goes ahead, and I think at times in life we all fall into this trap of convincing ourselves, of course I want to focus on my spirituality, but I will do so after I take care of my material needs. Falling into that trap, falling into that trap, and ultimately again, thinking that I can only devote to myself until once my spiritual needs are taken care of, is effectively asking Hashem for collateral. And here the Mechaber points out, you only ask for collateral when you don't trust the other party to deliver on their promise. So that's issue one. Next, Vashini. It's incredible. Collateral, collateral is always, the, the value of collateral is always linked to the value of the debt. Right? In other words, that if, 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 if I lend Ruvain $100,000, I'm going to take collateral that is worth somewhere in the ballpark of that, of that debt. But of course, collateral is never worth more than the actual debt. Collateral, there's a ceiling to the value of the collateral. I should say it differently. There's a ceiling to the value of the collateral that the borrower is going to be willing to give. Now here's what's interesting. Now in this case over here, so in general, you take collateral. You take collateral from your friend because you know the amount of the debt, and therefore again, you know the collateral you need to ask for. But yet, when it comes to relationship with Hashem, does anyone know how much they're going to need to support themselves and to support their families until they die? And even if a person would have. Right, even a person had to have many times more money, that would be enough for him. He still wouldn't find inner peace. You don't know how long you're going to live, 
and you don't know what you're going to need. And therefore, one is foolish for seeking that which he does, which he does, because it neither has a limit nor a measure. All those the Mechaber saying over here is something amazing. When a person makes the argument and he says, I'll devote myself to spirituality after my physical needs are taken care of, that presupposes that he knows what his physical needs, his material needs are. Now, the truth is, looking at life today, you could say, based on where I am today, here's what I'm going to need. But that presupposes you know how long you're going to live for, and it presupposes you know what your material needs are going to be during that duration of life. And the truth is, says the Mechaber, we don't know either of those two things. So to kind of demand financial security before embarking on life's spiritual endeavors is foolish, is foolish, because the truth is, I don't even know what it is that I'm going to need. The same way it would be foolish to lend someone an undisclosed amount of money and to accept a collateral of any value. It doesn't make any sense. You only take collateral if you know what it is that you're lending slash borrowing. But because what we need in life is so unknown to collateralize, right, my spirituality, I'll go ahead and invest in my ruchnius once Hashem takes care of my gashmius. That's great. Only one problem. You don't know what you need. You don't know what you need in your Gashmias. You know what you need now. You know what you need now. But for the future, you don't know what you need. And again, obviously, the Mechaber trying to formulate the argument. That's why a person, of course, do I have to make sure that I have what I need for now? Absolutely. But once you know you have what you need for now, then comes the obligation, the spiritual moral obligation to invest myself fully in my spiritual pursuits. All right, we'll stop over here for today. We'll continue with the third and fourth reasons tomorrow. Shukayach, everyone.